So welcome to The Culture Crush. Today we're back in the studio with a very special guest who is, you know, and we're going to talk about the something that is so close to our hearts here at The Culture Crush, obviously, because we're talking about zines and not just any zine, but we're talking about one of the almost mythological zines um, from back in 1978, which I called Stella Zine. Well, I was going to say that, but um, we actually have the copies of the actual zine sitting in front of us, so I, I couldn't be more excited. <laughs> this is my kind of thing, so Great. why don't you give us an introduction okay. of you know who you are and the whole thing. Okay. Right, yeah, um, my okay. name is Stella Kramer. Um, when I was living in Seattle, I've always been a writer. And when I was living in Seattle, there was a very small punk scene that, that uh, grew, it, starting in like 76, I guess it was. And I would go to these shows, which were few and far between, and I'd always be writing about the show during the show. And one day, somebody said, well, what are you writing? And I wouldn't let them see anything. And they said, well, what's the deal? And I thought, yeah, why am I doing this? Right. <laughs> Why don't we, I just start a zine? Because we we ask days, that every day. Why yeah, are we yeah, doing yeah. this? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, you know, like some people started bands. I was in a band for a short time. Some people did other things, you know. So I decided to do a zine. And I partnered with a friend of mine, Frank Eady, for the first issue, which was totally Xeroxed. Um, we found a way to, in the old days, Xerox machines would have these cartridges that you put in that would record how many issues you did, you know, how many pieces you were Xeroxing. And we found a way to pull it out so we could do more than the number that ended up being on there, so we were charged less. So you actually hacked Yes, we hacked, we the, hacked Xerox the Xerox mas- machine. Right yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. punk. Yeah. <laughs> and we didn't have computers. Um, if I had had a computer in those days, I keep saying this, I would have ruled the world. So I had to type columns. I had to figure out like where to break the word to go to the next line. So it's always been like weird the way it ended up reading because, you know, it was all done pretty much by hand. You know, right. we would we would um, collage everything onto a piece of paper and then Xerox it. Um, and that became our issue. So our first issue didn't have a name. Um, and we decided to make the last page color. Everything else was black and white because color was too expensive. So we printed it in black and white, and then we stapled a color version of the last page over the black and white. So that was the first one. Oh my goodness gracious. That was so the first Stelazine. Unbelievably incredible, which I'm holding in my hands, and I'm just, <laughs> tears are in my eyes, and I'm loving it. Um, you know, you already brought up a million things we could talk okay. about. Um, we also refuse to use hyphenation in this office. Um, and I guess that has a lot to do with uh, my backgrounds um, being in the art department at Italian Vogue, even though I actually did not work in the art department, but I was always hanging out in there yeah, for some reason. I, get that. I found it way more interesting yes. than sitting with the fashion girls. Yes. Though they were very nice, not really, but you know. Mm-hmm. know. Um, but text mm-hmm. was a graphic element mm-hmm. only. Mm-hmm. What it actually said, nobody really cared about that much to be honest, and mm-hmm. I feel like we do that a lot here even when we work on the culture crush. Yeah, like sure. we edit around words and stuff mm-hmm. like that to make it look, you know, to it's a it's a graphic element on the page. I feel right. like also a lot of um, this generation doesn't think of it that way. Yes. And I've seen even some of my kids here who I love struggling in Photoshop trying to design stuff because they don't understand that text is just another graphic element. So right. it's not right. just something that you like add on after. Right, right, right. Um, well, the it's first a really issue... Big de- it's a really big, big, big thing that I think people don't get. You know, the first issue, the collage included a smashed beer can. And that was put on the Xerox machine <laughs> to add depth to it, to make it look good. Um, there was also handwriting. Oh, my God. Okay. Get on eBay right now. Find us an old Xerox machine because I feel like we need to have one in this <laughs> office now. <laughs> Hey, we got the chalkboard. Oh, yeah, no, I, I get it. I get it. I tried. To, a friend of mine was um, getting rid of a light box, and I tried to get it from her, but somebody else spoke up first. Oh, we got tons. Yeah, here. no, yeah, I know, yeah, yeah, but it's yeah, the yeah. same old thing. We were, so we, we use it every day. Of course. Yeah. yeah. yeah I was sorry I didn't have the yeah. keep one. <laughs> okay. So one of the things that I did in the first issue is that I started a feud with somebody, just out of blue, out of the blue. You know, just because it seemed like fun, and people believed it. So it was about this uh, drummer. Peter Barnes, and it was called I Hate Peter. 
And so people started wearing buttons. I don't hate Peter, I hate Peter. And the whole thing was manufactured. It was not real, but they believed it was real. So that was fun. Another big topic in the Culture Crush studio. That was what our newsletter was all about last week, about playing yourself. Yeah, yeah. you know, I, I didn't even <laughs> tell him beforehand, but, you know, he didn't care. He thought it was fun. Right. So it went on for quite a while. But the funny thing to me was that people actually believed it, because he was a really good friend of mine, and people believed that something had happened between us. Of course. Yeah. Wait, so are you still in Seattle No. at this point? Oh, You're yeah, 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 yeah. These are all... Um, from Seattle. From Seattle, yeah. okay. So after the Xerox, we decided to get really, you know, big and, and, and uh, high and mighty, so we went to newsprint. Um, <laughs> and in that period of time, we were looking for a name, and people kept saying, you should name it after yourself. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. And one night I was home with my friends, and we were watching, I think it was 60 Minutes, and they did a story about drugs that were given to women predominantly, you know, this sort of housewife drugs to make them calm down. And there was one called Stelazine, and everyone looked at me and said, that's it. So oh that was my, it. Okay, my, everything you say, I'm like, I, I can't handle it. Like, it's so good. It's Years so good. later, someone sent me one in the mail, and I was going to try it, but I didn't know who the person was who sent it to me, so I thought yeah. that was really right. smart. Yeah. And they don't have pills look up like yeah, they have yeah, now. Right, yeah, right, right. <laughs> Which who I knew use what all the, the time. Yeah, no, who knew what, knew what it was? <laughs> so this issue was all about, there was one punk club in town, um, and the cops raided it one night. It was like the one night I wasn't there. Broke someone's arm, arrested a bunch of people, and so that was that. So we decided to do an issue called Punk the National Crime. Um, later on, the people who got beaten up and arrested and all that, it was released because it was a guy named Bob Kondrak in Seattle who would always go everywhere with a camera and a recording device. So he recorded the entire um, bust and when they played that in court, it was obviously that the cops had done the wrong things, so that was the end of that problem. Um, but, you know, there was a pipeline of bands that would come from L.A. to San Francisco to Portland, Oregon, to Seattle, and then up to Vancouver, Canada. So we had a lot of California bands coming up. Um, the Scream, with this guy named Tomato DePlenny, who was pretty famous then. Um, we had The Enemy, which was a local band. Television came to play once because there was a series of concerts, $2 concerts. Patti Smith, uh, The Ramones, The Talking Heads, Television. And there was like 20 people they played in this giant auditorium because it was a very small, small scene in those days. Um, and then a great band called The Neo Boys from Portland, which was one of the first all-women bands. Um, I wrote a lot of it under pseudonyms because I wanted it to seem like seem there was like, a whole lot of people working right, for us. Right, right, right. But it was pretty much me and Frank, who designed everything, <laughs> and that was pretty much that. Wow, that's like twice as big as the staff I started with. Oh, <laughs> you know, two of, two of us was, was more than enough. Yeah. But know. it's been, I mean, I know for me it's been fun. I'm just going to keep interjecting with no, culture crush things, but... Um, even like last, the, I saw somebody last night who only saw our zine from the first, she was uh, an intern mm -hmm. and she had helped because we um, had to put them together or when we first started doing them, we put them together ourselves. So it's like we were covered in ink. And so I never forget when people do that for me. So I saw her last night and so I brought her that she hadn't seen it oh, wow. and in a while. And so she also was like, oh, did you shoot this? Did you shoot that? Because I started off also taking all the pictures uh -huh. just because, okay. you know what I mean? I yeah, wasn't yeah, going to. Yeah. And plus, I have a certain thing with my I'm very specific about photography mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So it wasn't like I was just going to do like a shout out. Any photographer, mm -hmm. just send me your stuff. You know what I mean? That yeah. wasn't going to happen. But it's been an incredible journey and experience to slowly might shoot less and less and less and yeah. write less yeah. and less and less. Yeah. And it's, sure. that's been one of the most exciting things mm -hmm. um, in the development of the culture mm -hmm. crush. Well, zine. that's what happens when something develops. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, there were two people in Seattle. There was Bob Kondrak and this guy named Randy Hall. And they would take pictures, and so they would give us pictures, and we would just add them in. Um, I never directed them because I didn't know anything about photos then. Right. <laughs> um, later, I became a photo editor. Right. <laughs> But, you know, the way things happen. We did this one thing. We did this center page where we put an interview over the photo of the person we were interviewing. And the first time they printed it, they printed black on black. Right on. And we were like, yeah. what the hell? So we had to do it 
again, just the center part, and that's why this is the only, as far as I know, existing issue that has the correct centerpiece. This is the band called the Avengers, the t-shirt I'm wearing. Um, so that was a big deal for us to try to do something really unique because there were some, there were a couple of, of zines. There was um, Search and Destroy out of San Francisco. There was um, Slash out of LA. And then there were tiny little things that everybody did. Um, but I had grand ideas for this, you know. Right. <laughs> An empire. Um, after doing two issues in newsprint and getting tired of my fingers turning black, we we, we are we're like a we're like a um, office full of uh, chimney sweeps. Oh yeah, exactly. Like, we're always covered exactly. in ink. Yeah, yeah. It, it it was just like impossible. Yeah. So we went to this heavy white bond paper, which was suggested to us by the printer. Right. Which also took, you know, things really nicely. Took the took the images and really worked out well. And you didn't get it all on your fingers. And um, you know, which brings up something else is that it's like it's uh, since we do start we start analog, it goes digital, mm -hmm. and then gets printed back into an analog mm -hmm. surface. Mm -hmm. One of the things that we have to um, so first of all, that's another thing I would love to talk to you about. It's like it's really the challenge and the fun of only being in black and white. Mm -hmm. I, I've been also you know it's like you yeah. only have two choices, either mm -hmm. it's black or it's white, you mm -hmm. know, and then you have to mm -hmm. make a lot of other choices based on that. Yeah. One of the things that now that you have this in front of me that we have to always remember is that it's not white. Yeah. Our, you know, like our, when you are on actual newsprint, right. so that sometimes things look better or worse mm -hmm. depending on that. So it's also, oh, there's yeah. a big learning curve and also having to know that um, white is actually a, a, it's like a very, I mean, I love the color of newsprint. It's so mm -hmm. beautiful, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? But it's like, it, it looks very different. And it doesn't age well. And it you doesn't know, it age becomes well. brittle and, and it turns try, yellow. And try um, giving them away on the beach in the summer. Oh, yeah. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which we did last oh, summer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I came, up with, this, I came yeah. up with this whole idea that we were going to do like a newsstand outside <laughs> or whatever. And that whole idea lasted about like one second as sure. the as the humid sand was in our faces yeah. and the, all the copies were ruined yeah. in like 10 minutes. Yeah. yeah. I understand. I was that. like, it's part of the charm. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, when I did this, zines were meant to be, you know, like instant things. You right. did them, people looked through them, and then they were gone. Right. You know, you didn't like hold on to them, which is why even the people I still know out there don't have copies of it. Right. And they're asking me to send them copies now. Right. Um, so they were just meant to be these things that didn't last. Right. And something that I try to teach everyone that comes in here, not you, but all the, all my, all everyone that works here, um, you know, having worked with some of the great art directors of the 20th century um, mm -hmm. in my incredible experience that I was fortunate to have, that was true of all magazines. Mm -hmm. Magazine right. is supposed to be a throwaway. Right. It comes out every month. Mm -hmm. You do it, and the soon as we're done with that issue, we're on to the next issue. Oh, we don't remember the last issue. And even before that, you're on to the next yeah. issue. Yeah, yeah, months it's even before. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. So this, I, and so actually, that has a lot to do with the um, the the first act of making a zine that mm -hmm. we did was mm -hmm. uh, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. I was trying to, because now magazines are treated like everyone's using the thickest paper, the glossiest this, mm -hmm. and they all look the same, and they all, mm -hmm. every story has the same weight, and there's mm -hmm. no order, and everything mm -hmm. is, there's no like front of book, or the well, or right, like right, the, right. there's a reason why they came up with all those formulas, right. because like, it's like, that's why we call them paper movies. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like a mm -hmm. story. The whole yeah. thing is a story. So also, like, what story comes next to, as you know, your story is as literally living the last page of the story before and the first page of the next story. Like, there's a flow that has Absolutely. to go between. Though it doesn't have Absolutely. to, but we wanted to. Absolutely, you know and that I mean? doesn't so, even take into account advertising. Right. Well, we don't in, take that in into magazines. account. Yeah. No, no, no. I, no. I know with the paper you don't, but I'm just talking in general about the way magazines. Yeah, are. yeah. You and know, the nowadays, placement of all of that yeah. also was a whole hierarchy, and mm -hmm. you know. And nowadays, ads sometimes you can't distinguish the ad from the the editorial copy. Yeah, well, which that's is an, really that's throws another, everything. Yeah, I it think just that's throws the biggest problem off. we're facing in the world right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah but it yeah. just throws it. 
it throws off exactly what you were saying, which is the continuity. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with you. There. And the vibe. Yeah. It's like oh, a yeah. journey. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, it's so it's really important to me of like this story is going to flow into mm-hmm. that page. It's talk. I feel like the stories in our in the culture crush are all talking to each other. They are. You know, I yes. want every issue to be a conversation between mm-hmm. all the artists that are in it and mm-hmm. then when you read it the act of you reading it is now you're also involved in that conversation i totally that's get my that. dream that's perfect okay yeah. <laughs> but that's why the name of it just culture crush that's what it's about i mean that just says it in a nutshell yeah, to right. me Ooh, we love yeah. it we love yeah yeah it. yeah <laughs> absolutely we do we do we do it's very it's like bring on the cliches like hearts and everyone's feeling the love you know it, mm-hmm. it, we want to have a little moment of hope i mean the act of doing a zine about something is you love it. Mm-hmm. You didn't. You don't do a zine about something that you are like, eh. Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, true, and it was also in those days, you know, everybody participated in one way or another. You know, you, were, you, were, you worked the door of the club, or you helped do the breakdown and cleanup, or you did a zine, or you started a band. You know, everybody did something. And sometimes those things would cross, and sometimes they wouldn't, but nobody just, or very few people just, showed up, you know, and that was it. That was all they did. Um, as things got different, you know, that all changed. Once the music industry discovered Seattle and blah, 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 you know. Yeah. All of that stuff. But that, this is way before any of that. Yeah, this is 78. Yeah, this is like okay. 78, 79. So one of the things we decided to do with this new issue was to make games for people to play. So, like, you could cut things out um, and play with them because we didn't want it to just be a paper. So we had these figures you could you could um, cut out and in the back you could paste them and you would get something else. I had wanted to do an issue that was like a, an origami fold-up, but we never got that far. Right, okay. <laughs> so I would go, I, you know, I was, I'm from New York, so I would periodically come to New York. And oh, when I come you're, to New York, you're from New York? Oh, yeah. I grew up in the Bronx. Right on. Yeah. So when I come wait, here, wait, I do Which area of the Bronx? I'm sure it has a name now, um, like between Riverdale and Jerome Avenue right. near DeWitt Clinton High School. My dad went to DeWitt Clinton, Marshall Parkway. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I went to Riverdale. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> that's my hood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's where I grew up. I don't know what it's called now because I haven't been up there in, in a really long time. I, I think, I think about it's still it, called. I, I mean, they call it Marshall Parkway just because so many yeah, yeah, yeah. famous people yeah. we lived came down from that and up from, from there. Yeah, we've just lived in this weird, yeah, kind of neighborhood. And what, how did you wind up in Seattle? School? Um, yeah, I went to college in Olympia, Washington, which is south of there. I wanted to get as far away from New York as I could. Yeah, I went to Maine in the continental yeah. U.S. Right. Okay. So that's how I ended up out there. Yeah. yeah. And it, Got it. it worked really well for me. I didn't even want to come back here. Right. <laughs> that's another story. Right, all right. So then, um, right, okay. <laughs> so, okay, so we did this. I interviewed The Clash, XTC, um, members of Blondie, the Ramones. You know, because everybody would come to town, and I would just call a couple of hotels until I found out where they were staying. And then I would call up and say I was a reporter. I wanted to set up an interview with them. And they would take my number. And in order to prove legitimacy, they would then call back, and I would put someone on the phone who would say, "Yeah, editor." Right. And so that way, Please I was hold. able. She's yes, in a meeting. Can exactly. We get back to you? Right. And so that's how I got to see everybody and hang out and uh, interview people and all of that stuff. You know, it's in those days, like people were really clever in the sense that you didn't have a structure that you worked in, so you just made it up. So you did whatever you wanted. So I wanted to meet the band. I would meet the band. You know, it was just like that. Um, no one else was doing that. Do you look through those interviews and find, are, there, are they interesting to read still? Like what, do yeah, you remember they, they you are, in I 1978? Rem- oh, like, oh, hell yeah. What, what, like, um, I mean, I would, I, I'm dying to read your Clash interview like right now, like I wanna read that right oh, now. My, my, that was, <laughs> they, they first came to the US, they came to Vancouver, Because they Canada. basically broke up. Like the clash. Well, yeah, but this was like their first trip to the U.S. Okay. They started in Vancouver, Canada, and then went south. Right. We went. We all went up to Vancouver to see them. They were like my favorite band. Oh my God! Yeah. And they came out, and they the first song they played was my favorite song. So I went insane. Which was. Yeah. Which was um, complete control. Oh right on. So I went insane, and afterwards I just walked backstage and. 
you know, just started talking to him. Right. You know, I mean, you know, I have to say that it's still, I mean, not if you're going to some like mega Madison Square Garden concert or something like that, but I find like, you know, the bands will be like, they'll be having a drink at the, you know, you can meet, you really can, or Mm -hmm. or post Bowery Ballroom, they'll be hanging, you can, you can meet them. Well, that's it. Yeah. You can do that. (laughs) You can meet them. We also had like party houses in Seattle. So a lot of times there would be a party afterwards. So the band would show up there, Right. Right. you know, so you'd meet them and hang out with them there. But the thing about it is, is that a lot of people, it just, didn't occur to them that they could do that. Right. You know, maybe they were raised to believe that like certain people were There's, different yeah, than you and, and above. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like adults or whatever it was. And I wasn't brought up like that. And I just had this drive to do what I wanted. So if I wanted to meet him, I would just figure out a way I to do that. I think that too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> why not? You I mean, in my, fact, yeah. in fact, I made friends with the bass players of the band The Specials because they came to, to Seattle one time and we're still friends and oh, it's yeah? like 40 plus years. Oh my yeah. God. Because I used to say to any band I interviewed, hey, if I'm ever in England, I'll look you up and they'd be like, yeah, right. sure. And I showed up in England once, called the bass player who lived in Coventry, north of London, and he invited me up for the weekend and I just hung out with him and we are still friends. I remember a few, I, I, I could be wrong, like a few years ago I went to some show where a bunch of those, like the, from, I think from general public, the specials, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I went, and they kind of all toured together, mm-hmm. and it was, and it was, I was in the middle of nowhere, somebody's country house, and there was like a local whatever, and they were, right. it was like a ska dance party, oh, yeah. and it was fun as oh, hell yeah. you know oh yeah they had a you know like obviously like 50 musicians on the stage mm-hmm. like i mean that, yeah that's like incredible music oh, that to was see so live much fun. So i know much I, fun. I went on tour with them and the go-go's um <laughs> for a short time and that was just a blast I you know and really they i mean they had the specials example and and probably the clash too they had friends who came with them from right. england you know yeah. and so everybody just hung out together um, my parents have a loft on 23rd Street, and during the summer, the, we used to have a summer house. They, they'd be up there, and if there was a band in town, they would very often stay at the loft, unbeknownst to my parents. Right. So, <laughs> you know, so it was like a crash pad, sort of. So when did you come? Uh, so wait, let's so go. So that's, let's, that's let's, issue wait, four. Okay. This is the last issue, which was a cover. So there were five. Yes, there were five. There was a cover done by an artist friend that people thought was Braille, because it's all dots, and I tried to do that. I tried to make it raised, so like it had texture, but in those days you just couldn't do that. It was letterpress, which you could do now, but couldn't do then. Right. So that was our last issue. Um, the, the least successful issue was this one with The Clash, which is hard to understand. Um, well, define successful and least successful. In the se- okay. Like I have how many probably co- how I many have copies did you print and how did you distribute them? Maybe 50 copies, maybe. Maybe we did 100 for one of them, possibly. Um, we just distributed them like at the clubs and stuff. Just around. Yeah, yeah. Um, any kind of record store that would take it. We had no advertising. Um, Same. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the, the, the reason I say this was the least successful is because I still have maybe 50 copies of it in my house. I don't have anything else. I don't really have any other copies. I've given some away, which is why I don't have as many. Maybe that's just your favorite. I don't know. No. I don't know if I have a favorite. You know, it's like, you know, kids. Yeah. You, you, it's like Sophie's Choice. Oh my I God. I'm the opposite. I have, I have issues that I hate, and I have issues that I love, and I have stories that I hate. And I, I have stories I like. I have issues that, that are like, like in boxes in the archive, and I don't ever want to show them to yeah. Yeah. This is for, for the Culture Crush, it was the second issue. Mm-hmm. That for me, if I could like make it disappear off the face of the earth, oh, I would. Okay. But there was okay. a reason because okay. it was like the first one we did as just a one-off. Mm-hmm. As I was just, it was a summer of interns who were all like asking me a million questions about oh, what yeah. it was like to really work at a magazine. Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, okay, well, let's do this experiment. You know, mm-hmm. so everything that I just said to you about the it's a it's a it's it should be on the cheapest paper and right, so right, right. we did all of that when mm-hmm. it took us about three weeks and so it was sort of like after that summer was over I was like you know I really like this format like oh we should I should keep doing this and I wasn't I didn't have the right people around you know what oh, I mean yeah. so it was like so issue two was oh, like yeah. 
me realizing that this was not the right way to do it. Oh, I totally get that. In the way we were, in the, the processes that we were, the processes, I don't know how to say that right, sure. that we were, you know, um, and, uh, you know what I mean, and like the, the it, it, it was like, so I actually, actually, so by issue three and four, I took everything back myself. So like I was designing it and I was shooting it instead of, because I had to figure out like, well, what's it, what's the aesthetic? What's it going to be mm-hmm. like? Like, you know, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. and then I would, was, and then went through the process of slowly then like opening it up to other artists. But mm-hmm. I just, like, I realized like, I don't need an art director, like, mm-hmm. you know, to come no. in here and, yeah. and mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, also it's like, you know, you get to a certain point where, you know, it's like you just, I just wanted to under, I wanted to understand all the whole process, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. I wanted to understand everything from like, yeah, should we hyphenate? Should we not hyphenate? Like, why are we, every, it's like when you mm-hmm. build a house from mm-hmm. scratch, like you have to make a billion little decisions, like which doorknobs, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. how high on the door they're yeah, going to be, like sure. how thick are the doors going to be, like things that you never would think that you would mm-hmm. have to think about. Mm-hmm. So everything from like, and when we print them, mm-hmm. I spend days, that every page, with the printers and oh, we're yeah. discussing oh, every yeah. single page, oh, every yeah. page. Oh, and yeah. we do it again and again and again um, because I want it to look a certain way. And then, mm-hmm. you know, obviously it's like there are four pages that are attached to each other. So there's nothing you could do about that. So, and they're not in the next to each other, mm-hmm. you know? So right. it's like that one photographer's work is going to affect the other photographer's mm-hmm. work. and. Um, so I wanted to really get inside every little nook and cranny of the process. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So issue yeah. two, I'm sorry, but I would give you up for adoption. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I was involved in every aspect of <laughs> yeah. this, but by the, the, the third issue, I was working with a different, uh, graphic person, right? Frank left to do other things. And I, Frank, worked with, I know no, we're still friends. It's okay. <laughs> no, and I was working with um, Tam- How could you? Tammy Broadhead, but in both cases, it was a complete collaboration. Like we were on the same wavelength as far as what things looked like and how they should look. I could articulate it, but I couldn't do it. Right. So if I said, well, you know, I'm thinking like, what if we, and she would be able to do it or Frank would be able to do it. So that was really the most fun to me was the collaborative aspect of yeah, it. Yeah. Because otherwise, you know, like now I could never do this now because there's like both I don't have in, that relationship with anyone and people just don't collaborate as much anymore. No, Everybody they don't. is just on their own doing whatever they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really a shame because collaboration is awesome. I know. Well we're trying to, you know, get we're trying to do that here and it's it's hard, but mm-hmm. that's what we're that's what mm-hmm. we're doing, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Even in terms of the writers, yeah. Um, Brandon's going to walk in any second, and so we do. Like I was saying, so you know, the Culture Crush newsletter, which is now weekly. Please, oh. everybody, sign up because we're trying to. It's a, it's it's the Culture Crush in the digital space is the newsletter mm-hmm. now. So, mm-hmm. um, and we're putting all of our efforts into that in between print editions. Because it's just, you know, obviously we want to, our motto is, we have a few mottos now, but one of our mottos <laughs> is like, it's not for you, uh-huh. it's for everyone. Uh-huh. And okay. I mean, and we mean that in a way like, because we don't, you never know what's inside somebody that this is going to touch. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Because Absolutely. it's not based on a demographic uh-huh. at right. all, right. you know? So it could be, you know, I don't, it doesn't matter if you're male or female or where you grew up or, you know, you never know. Or somebody could be an accountant and they, but like this really touches them in some way and you don't know where they're going to live. It could be from the middle of nowhere in the Mm -hmm. city. Mm -hmm. Um, So we want it to be for everyone. So that's one of the things that we're um, even developing, even in terms of writing the newsletter, because you know, I write in a certain way because I was writing for almost my entire career mm-hmm. to be translated into Italian. Okay, so I was writing and I spoke and I speak Italian. So, mm-hmm. but you, I didn't, I never wrote it in Italian. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole long story, which I won't bore everyone with. So, but it, it took me a really long time to realize why my writing sounds so funny oh, in sure. English because it's like a million crazy, adge- one adjective only to describe the next adjective which only describes the next because in Italian you 
dance around the idea and you kind of get there at the end and it's really gorgeous. You know oh, what wow. I mean? That is interesting. But in English, you uh -huh. just have to cut to the chase, right? Right. right. And so Brandon is, you know, comes from academia. So mm -hmm. his writing is so academic, right. but it's really smart and mm -hmm. cutting and amazing mm -hmm. and, you know, whatever. And then, you know, Kara has a completely different style uh -huh. and she is like very, very cut to the chase okay. and uh -huh. funny. So, uh -huh. so it's like, so that's what I keep that's saying great. to everyone. It's like, if we could get a conglomeration of the three of us and get that, you know what I mean? Because it's like, how do we develop the Culture Crush voice mm -hmm. and have it mm -hmm. not be Deborah's voice? Right, right. So, you know, and that's very important Well, that's to how me. you do it, by bringing other people in. And not just having it be one or the other, no, but no, like, no. so we're all developing mm -hmm. it together. But, mm -hmm. you know, back to you, what you were saying about, you know, collaborating, it's like, yeah, that is, it's really hard to find it's people really who really hard. want to collaborate. They're yeah. just kind of like, oh, here's what I do. Here it is. Yeah throw it in your thing, yeah. you know? And, yeah. and a lot of that has to do with the digital space, how, it, mm -hmm. like, again, like, things don't mm -hmm. matter whether mm -hmm. that works with that mm -hmm. or with that or well, with that. Well, the digital world is a very self, you know, oriented thing. You hold your phone, you know, you do whatever you do. It's not like several people are looking at the phone at the same time, interacting about what they're watching. Each right. person has their own. Right, And right. you may or may not interact. I mean, see pictures all the time of a crowd of people at an event, and each one is looking at their right. own phone. Right, I mean, you even know. when we edit texts, we print it out. Everyone oh, it's the only way to do it. Everyone closes their laptop. It's the only way to do it. And we have pencils, and we do it like that. There's when I no write, other I always way. do that. There, I mean, there's no other way that we're all going to be able to work together mm -hmm. on something. Mm -hmm. There's also you know? something about the tactile that for me is still really important. Yeah. So I do that all the time when okay, I write. Okay, why is the tactile important to you? Because it's real, and real is important to me. I don't exist as much in the digital world. I don't have a cell phone, and it's a personal choice. Um, I have an wow, iPad, that's rad. but I don't have a cell phone. Okay. So to me, I want to be where I am, know where I am, and be aware of things. So to me, it's very easy to lose the sense of something that's real if it's always on a, on a digital screen. Um, so when I write, if I'm writing something that's really, that I really care about, I'm gonna print it out and go over it. And the other thing that's really important to me is reading it out loud, because it's very important to me the way it sounds. It has to work sound-wise. Yeah. So I do that all the time. Yeah, anything so do we. I write. Yeah, yeah. Small, yeah. large. It has to sound the way it's supposed to sound. Right. And I mean there's just it just also for editing text, it's just you see typos and mm -hmm. you see things better mm -hmm. on oh, a absolutely. piece of paper than you're ever going oh, to on a screen absolutely. for some reason. But Yeah, it's you know, I once got a phone call, um, out of the blue, someone I've never met, I don't know who the heck they were, from the Midwest who had somehow found a copy and found a typo in one of the issues. And it was like, <laughs> what can I say, you know? I've had contributors um, who, uh, uh, who found typos and then insisted we reprint the whole oh, thing. Oh, yeah, sure. Right, yeah. 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 yeah, I would, if anything, I'd send them a, a, a magic marker. They could cross it out and write the right word over right. it. Right, well, I did a little bit more than that, but yeah, that's basically Yeah, like, people wow. are really weird. Yeah. Like, there's something about nitpickers, you know, people who will find the one little thing and it becomes, like, really important to well, them. What I said to her, if she's listening, because she knows who she is, um, <laughs> you know, what I said to her was, like, you have to be kidding me if you think that every little mistake in every issue that I don't cry over. Believe me, no, I, I guess I was saying like, no one cares more about that type than I do. Of course. So don't like think you're sad about it and I'm not. Right, right. You right. know, I've just gotten used to it. It's mm -hmm. called, and you know, and that was something that um, we wrote about at the time and it was called, it was a, do you know um, John Maida? The, he was the head of, um, MIT design okay. school. Okay. And mm -hmm. um, so I was interviewing him about, and he was saying that it's, we were talking about analog process versus mm -hmm. digital and mm -hmm. how just because it's not digital doesn't mean it's not technology. And we right. got into like right, that right, whole right. deep conversation. Uh -huh. So when I was telling him the stories of my adventures uh, working on this, he was saying that he finds that with his, his students also from this generation, I keep pointing at you, sorry, Kara. Um, <laughs> um, is that they have a fear of hitting send, like the, this idea that the project is over. Right. Like on, and you know, yeah, when we put up something on our website, if we find a typo three days later, we could just change it, or I decide I don't like that picture anymore, I switch right. it out with something right. else. Right, right, right. But when you send it to the printer, like that's it. Right. It's, it, it, like it's hard to get your head around this idea that like, 
it's you were done no mm-hmm. there's nothing more we can do mm-hmm. you know um, well that's why the punk days were great because mistakes who cared right you know it was like <laughs> a mistake might be correct you know right. I mean there was just no sense that anything was wrong I mean I I have one story where the last name the last letter fell off when we were printing yeah this yeah. one it was actually Laura Davis, but right. the S fell off. Right. You know, I don't care. You know, first of all, nobody knew who she was anyway. You know, she was in a small band here in New York, but it was like, that's part of what happens, I you know? know? So it was, in that way, you know, we had the freedom to just do everything and not care about anything because right. there was no, you know, we could, we could reprint, but I don't know why we would ever do that. Yeah, I wouldn't do it either because now it just becomes no. sort of part of the story. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Like besides, I'm still telling this story. Right. And this, and this writer, um, I'm still in touch with her and I think she and I will be laughing about this. Like what, how horrible they all, the react, they were so excited about Prince but then didn't want to embrace the idiosyncrasies of print, meaning that, you know, and in fact, we weren't even talking about misspellings. It was something was supposed to be in italics that oh. wasn't in italics. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It went that deep. If you, if I was you like, ever look. So I was like, in a hundred and something page thing, right. you think anyone's going to notice that? And if they do, you know what I mean? Then that's like a story. So I've tried now to just lean into mm-hmm. the mistakes yeah. and the problems and the. Well, there's this you know, whole thing about perfection. Gonna, you're not going to, you can't read it very easily. Like, so what? It looks great. Let's just do it. You well, know? the other thing is, you know, there's this thing about perfection these days. You know, there's like the perfectly curated life. You know, nothing is out of place. Every object you use is phenomenal. And I think that's just too exhausting for me. You know, I'm, I'm going forward. So if something isn't working, I'll either make an adjustment going forward or I just don't care and I'll go forward. Yeah, you just gotta go. Yeah, I mean, you know, the idea of redoing things isn't really interesting to me, which is why I wouldn't do a zine now. Because for me, I've been there and I've done it. Unless it was very different than what I've done before. Right, when you do the collab with the Culture Crush, then we'll be Yeah, zining. there we go. Yeah, there yeah, we go. That's All different. Right. But okay. really, I mean, people have said to me, People I know have said, well, why don't you bring back Stelazine? And it's like, I can't. I've done it. It's not the same. I could not yeah, find somebody. Not, and it's not 1978. No, and, not I couldn't, and I wouldn't scene. be able to find somebody to collaborate visually with me because I've tried a lot. You know, I mean, I always have ideas and I've sort of put them out to certain people hoping they will jump on them. And no, it's so fine. You know, it's a different time. Yeah. It's a and, different time. And I. I move forward. Besides, I had a blog on my website for a while that was called Stellazine. That was as good as I could get, you know. And? And then I stopped writing it. I did it for a couple of years, and then I just decided it's I didn't want to do it. Blog. And every now and again, I will write something that I'll put out there. But I don't want to feel the, you know, compelled to have to do it, because that just becomes another pain in the ass part of my life, you know. And I'm yeah. trying to make my life as easy for me as I can. Yeah. And the pressure, I mean, the reason there's only five issues of this is because it became so difficult to get done. So, and there was so much so lag much between yeah. issues. Yeah. Even though it was two of us, you know, yeah. and I funded it all because I had one of these jobs where I got paid in cash. So I figured, right. ooh, why don't I do something with the money? You know, but it just became this big thing. And then it just, wasn't fun anymore yeah I felt I've had those moments also I would say last year we kind of hit a a bit of a why are we doing this mm-hmm. and what's the point of it all mm-hmm. and but it you know I have to do I have to say that it, it, it forced me to do some really 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 deep thinking mm-hmm. and what I came the conclusion obviously that I came to was like no I this is it but it's a bit much bigger I for us the paper is just one of the things like it's mm-hmm. where I don't consider the culture crush a magazine Mm-mm. at all Mm-mm. I know what a magazine is and that's not what this right. is like this is a right. much bigger idea mm-hmm. um, about being in the world mm-hmm. and um, and how important it is to live in the real world and looking at society and like a lot of the stuff that we like to talk about mm-hmm. so and whether we do it like as a TV show or we do it as like a music festival or it could be whatever maybe Mm -hmm. we'll you know I don't want to give away all of our business ideas on the podcast but um (laughs) so um you know what I mean so to me Mm -hmm. the zine is just merch Mm -hmm. like a t-shirt yeah it's the same to us even though of course we we pour our heart and soul into everything it's an expression Mm -hmm. it's I think it's a way for us to find it's like I'm almost we're using it almost like a fishing expedition 
edition. Well, yeah. Like we found, like Kara found us because she mm -hmm. saw the scene at Rough Trade Records. Okay. Kind of thing. Uh, and I don't think it's a, of all the writers that we've been talking to, mm -hmm. it's probably not a coincidence that now she's working here. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. so, you know, I was like, it's a way to like really sniff out like who's going to get it and who's oh, yeah, not. But, but the zine itself is not at all like the definition of what the culture crush well, is. You, you know, the ability now to expand it into different areas is there. And if you don't take opportunities, you're crazy. When I did this, there was no oh, yeah, was, ability. I couldn't have done a yeah. music like festival a, or, or a it was TV like, show. Right, or, or it was just a stepping stone. So maybe you got a job at Details and then to Annie Flanders Details. Yeah, not, no, no, no. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I'm just thinking, I never even thought about it. No, that. I know. But like other people, <laughs> that's what they would have done. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. They started off yeah, doing this zine yeah. and then they got to work for that. And, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, yeah, true. that was a great zine. Yeah. Absolutely. I know. I, I, those are, and those are really hard to get your hands on. Yeah, you know, I still have a first issue of a magazine. Do you remember called Egg? Yeah. I still have an issue of that. Ooh. I had all these. I kept. <laughs> I used to keep. Uh, you would probably be interested in that. I I'm, used to keep I, I, first I, I issues so, yeah. of a bunch of different magazines. I don't know why, but be, I've always been, you know, I've always been a print person, I guess. Yeah. So I just have all these, and I always. Like, try to figure out, like, why do I have them and what am I going to do with them? But I could never let them go, which is why I still have copies of my fanzine after, <clears throat> you know, very many years. Um, I just couldn't, I guess it's that old thing, like, you don't throw out printed things. You know, it's like, it's not allowed. So I kept them. I figured somewhere along the line, It'll work out. In fact, Jeanette Beckman, yeah. <laughs> Jeanette Beckman and I met, and I mentioned that I had all these issues from the first one of The Face from England, that magazine. And she's like, oh my god, I had work in there and I've never seen it. So I brought them to her house, I gave them to her, and she let me pick out a print. I mean, how great is that? So I have an incredible print by Jeanette Beckman in my house now. Oh my so uh, like keeping things like that, you just never know where they're going to end up or how they're going to be connect you with other people. Yeah. You know, yeah. but the whole idea of Well, it's of, like you're leaving behind evidence. There's, of there's culture. that. There's that. It's cultural evidence, right. you know. That's true. Which the digital world will have none of. I think about that all the time. I mean, those these are they're just server farms that can disappear. Nobody has their stuff. Yeah, um, you I'm, know. I'm like glad I'm not a photographer because if I was, that would freak me out. Unless you yeah. shoot film. Well, unless you shoot yeah. film. No, no, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, but I don't understand how people just have like SIM cards and like, I have a drawer full of hard drives in there that like they don't even work anymore. Oh, with I, the tech. I just got there are no cords. Discs, there are no know? cords anymore that even work with them. So yeah. whatever See, on that's there the is problem like, is see you that, later. Is that technology changes so quickly. Right. It just does not take into account archival right. interests. Right, not at all. You know, so... Another dude, voting machines. Uh, really? No, I mean, I think yeah. there's this return for... You know, it's, again, like... Uh, just because it's not digital doesn't mean it's a hot shit technology. Look at that piano right there, the Steinway piano. Now, mm -hmm. that is as good as that was... That is a, a piece of technology. It's never going to get any better than that. Right. That's that's right. it, you know? Right. And that's why they still make them, and people mm -hmm. still play... You know what I mean? Well, that's what I mean and about... And it doesn't matter how good they get digital music Well, that's what sound. I mean about... It's never going to sound reality. like that. It's reality, reality. right. Mm -hmm. It's actually something hitting something, mm -hmm. and then yeah, it moves I mean, the air, and it hits our you ears. You can't look at that and say that that's a dump truck. You know, no. you can't you can't see it as anything but what it is with digital. There's a lot of things that you can't figure out actually what they are, you know, more so now, more so now than ever before. I'm a photo editor at this point, writer, whatever, um, you know, and when you when I look at an image, I can't tell what's been done to it. Right. It could be completely constructed and I wouldn't know the difference anymore. Right. You know, and that to me is a really scary thing. It is. You know, I need to feel that my, I, can, I need to feel the ground below my feet and I need to know that what I'm looking at is something that I can take in and process myself. And there's a lot, I see a lot of writers are starting to, the, people are starting to write about this now, about oh, yeah. this whole idea of, you know, and also with them, um, these, um, you know, evil comic book billionaires buying these blogs and shutting them down. And then really? they're like, oh, well, there goes all my, you know, with Gothamist and all that stuff. Yeah. Where, you know, what happened to that, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, Gawker. Um, mm -hmm. And Gawker and all that kind of stuff. And I see this kind of like, oh, you know, oh, yeah, 
there's just these like server farms that are in, sitting in Arizona that are all owned by Amazon and like that you know that mm-hmm. could like they could have a fire tomorrow and then mm-hmm. all that stuff would be gone and all mm-hmm. your stuff is gone you know mm-hmm. um, I think that there's this that's why I was talking about analog technology some mm-hmm. like I think with with voting machines already in the next election cycle they're going back to paper ballots you know like just because it's not digital doesn't mean it's not the best way oh, to yeah. do it it yeah. is the best way to do well, it well you know these days there are a lot of people who think the only thing that matters is digital you know and and they haven't come across these huge problems i mean you know the the russian hackers can hack into a nuclear power plant they can hack into the voting system. Who says that they don't shut these farms down? And then what happens to thousands of reams of information and creativity and all that sort of stuff? It's like going back to the Stone Age. Right. And you have to think about that. Right. You know, when you're thinking about how you're going to interact with it. You know, like people who only read on Kindles and things. You know, I, I, I don't even know how I would feel if I walked into a house and didn't see books. Well, you know, I think it's that- like this whole idea that everything that's digital is better you know but I, that's what i'm saying like i'm sensing that the pendulum is swinging well it is a i know people back. are going back to, to shooting sh- film there's a whole thing about records now you know yeah because you go back to technology that works that works yeah that and it's not even it's like more than it especially with creative stuff like mm-hmm. records and things mm-hmm. like that it's not just that it works but it's it's a uni- it itself is a unique experience mm-hmm. that is not um, replicable mm-hmm. in a digital format. Mm-hmm. Not saying that a di- beautifully recorded digital music composition mm-hmm. can't be mm-hmm. beautiful, mm-hmm. but it's beautiful in a different way. Just yeah. like film is is yeah. beautiful in a, in a different way. Yeah. Um, yeah. It doesn't mean digital is bad. No. But I I so uh, you know also talking about the zines and why you did them and and all this uh, analog stuff that we're talking about. I mean the, so what's the like that's what we're trying to get at here is like in society the culture crush is about looking at the world looking at the world and being actually in the actual world Mm -hmm. and i think that now it's more important than ever and i Mm -hmm. think that um the technologists out there they know except the ones that aren't thinking very deeply they think that throwing more technology is going to fix the technology when what they really need to do is they really need to be interacting more with people who oh, yeah. like us oh, yeah. who oh, yeah. are going to look at it in and and make it human you know mm-hmm. um you know and it's like if you look back to like you know tobacco or something as like mm-hmm. the classic example it mm-hmm. only i mean they 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 the reports came out in what 63 just this year they're finally saying in plain language like this is going to kill you right and not only you but everybody else in the room Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so it's (laughs) like i mean i feel like that's where we are with the with the um with the data bullshit it's like we're at the secondhand smoke conversation now you know it's just like it doesn't matter if you're on it like Uh if if your number is in somebody's phone in their contacts you gave your number to some guy at a bar like that's it that means like all these companies now know everything about you mm-hmm. just because mm-hmm. this guy like said oh, okay um yeah search my contacts because i might find some new friends that i already have not, their i already have their contact i don't know why is they're not real friends they're no no i know yeah friends. yeah i know i know but that's I know, the yeah. thing you know it's it's getting back to the idea of reality versus created reality you right. know i mean to to experience something digitally people tend to react to it the same way. To, to, react, to react to something in real life, each person has a different way of reacting to it. That's you know? so true. And that, to me, is the reason why reality is better, even though reality sucks, you know, overall. But right, still, the right. idea that my way of relating to it is not going to be yours, we might have places where it crosses, but it's going to be very personal. Right. If we're both looking at something on the web, a meme or whatever it is, you know, we're both going to go, oh, ha, 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 or oh, what's that? It's going to be the same sort of thing. And that's why you have you know, so much in society that isn't unique anymore. Everything is made for the largest you know, the largest amount of people. So that it can scale. Right, that's why New York is no longer New York, because it's becoming the kind of place where somebody from the middle of Iowa can move to New York and feel comfortable because there's a 7-Eleven and there's, you know, Home Depot, whatever. And Chick-fil-A now. Yeah, 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 exactly. (laughs) Whereas 
the thing about I know that growing was up in New the York, city, there was, was no like fast food. There were no, and there were stores there were that diners. were diners. There's a Greek diner on yes, every corner. Yes, that sold cigarettes, which right. is how we got cigarettes when we were kids. And we ordered a cheeseburger deluxe and a pack of Marlboros. There you go. There you go. Marlboros, exactly. <laughs> you know, and the other thing is, they were like, I remember there would be like little stores in the village that I wasn't sure I should go into, and it would take a while before I'd get the nerve to go into, and they'd be these bizarre places with bizarre owners there, and it would be like a really cool, unique experience. I mean, I walk around the city and I go, oh yeah, that used to be blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, oh, I remember that place, and they're gone. Yeah. And anyone that is still around is almost gone, gone because their 40 year lease is up. Right, right. You know, right. and you know that the rent will be quadrupled and the, they're waiting for a bank, so they'll just keep it empty for 10 years until right. the bank shows up. Right. You know, it's just that kind of thing. I don't want to have the same experience as everyone else. Right. <laughs> and, there's a, and there's a limit to how much I can make something mine when everything in front of me is just blanded out for the largest, you know, right. market. So, uh, so it, uh, as you say, you were saying that the, um, that real is better. Um, I'm going to add to that, and uh, because what we're really thinking very deeply about is whether it's better or not, real is still real, and we are all people who our lives are being lived in this real world and mm -hmm. not in the digital world. So, mm -hmm. you know, the consequences have now seeped out. And that's why I, there's the panic now. And I think that, you know, I think that that's why now uh, the work that we're doing is more important than ever. Oh, yeah. I mean, and I really feel that way. And um, even though our audience is so tiny, I mean, even if it just, if we get like five new signups on the newsletter, sign up for, sign up for the newsletter yeah. a week, like I'm like, oh my God, five more people are going to like dig what we have to say. Right, and, right. you know, and we do, we get re people reply mm -hmm. and go, oh my God, I just want oh, you to know so I cool. love getting these, that's you so know? Cool. So I'm yeah. like, we have to keep going, yeah. you know? Well, you know, it's like when you, when you see an interview with a star in some magazine and let's say you read it and you're completely disappointed because it doesn't say anything about them. Right. It's like they ask them the same questions that they're asked on every TV show, on every, you know, and so it's just this like They're playing really, themselves. Yeah, it's in just the movie. this really unsatisfying <laughs> experience. You read an interview in Culture Crush and you're getting a real person telling you things. And with typos and all. You know, yeah. and they're being asked interesting questions and they're not saying, oh, I won't answer that and talk to my publicist. Right. And, you know, <laughs> like all of that kind of crap, you know, yeah. and it's really important to leave that stuff behind and get back to people actually saying things and talking about their feelings and asking and weird talking about questions. Their feelings. And how do they feel about it? It's not just like, oh, well, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. It's like, how do you feel yeah. about it? Right. You know? and exactly. Like, how did you get here? Like, mm -hmm. why did you, why are you doing this? Mm -hmm. um, you know, obviously we've picked them to collaborate with because I already think I know the, the answers. You know, it's really funny. I, I say that all in my interviews. It's like, I, I, I'm trying to make them seem very conversational, but like, I've been doing this for a long time, so it's kind of like I know kind of where I want, what I want to get them to say, you know. <laughs> but True. because I know that that's how they feel, and I'm right. trying to get. And you, right. you, you just said it. I really right. never even thought about it that way. But it's like we're trying to get people to talk about how they feel about yeah. stuff in mm -hmm. the world, mm -hmm. and that's not easy mm -hmm. to get mm -hmm. that out of people. Mm -hmm. And which is why we tend to avoid celebrities or anybody who has publicists or. You know, because I've done a lot of that stuff too, where they're like the handlers are standing oh, around, God. and then you just yeah. get the canned answers yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. And like, we work so hard on this. Mm -hmm. We work night and day. You know, blood, sweat, and tears. Mm -hmm. Nobody's making a lot of money here, mm -hmm. and you know, we really care about this. So we don't need to print somebody's canned answers. Right. You know. Right. Um, I say that when we work on the print issue, it's like every picture, everything we do. If anyone in the room is kind of like, yeah, that's okay. I'm like, that's not good enough because we don't have advertisers being like, you have to print that. Mm -hmm. So if it's not everyone going, oh my god, oh mm -hmm. my god, I I love that, then. Mm -hmm. Let's not publish mm -hmm. that picture. Well, yeah, you know? because there's enough of that. There's, there's enough, enough of that, that canned, you know, falsified, photoshopped perfection. Yeah, I mean, we, we when we have all the boards out and you know whatever, we still try to keep page numbers to a certain length just because of how it folds and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so then the boards will be up, and then all of a sudden I'll have pulled one down off the board because I'm like, okay, I'm going to cut that because we need more space for something else. And mm -hmm. I, you know, people are like, no. 
I love that picture. We cannot. And I'm like, we have the website. Don't worry. Uh-huh. The website, uh-huh. we can put all the pictures over right. there. Everybody will see it. People right. start crying. And right. It should be like that. Well, like each each issue is different, although there's an overarching um, continuation to them. Yeah. You know, you buy Vanity Fair, it's the same fucking magazine, excuse me, every week. Oh my God. You know, every time it comes out, it just has different fake celebrities. Okay, in it, can we talk you know? about the new Vanity Fair? <laughs> oh. I have thoughts on, because I was at the supermarket over the weekends and that um, the cover of Lena. And I know what they were, it's like, that's the thing. It's like, I know what they were trying to do. Like, oh my God, we're just gonna have her in a t-shirt, no makeup, like super like tough, da da da. And you know what? As a photograph, that's great. But as a cover, because look, if you look closely at it, the they wimped out on the graphics. Mm. Oh yeah. If they had done hot shit graphics with that picture, it could have been so amazing, but they don't have that person on their staff. It's a template. No, but it's it's worse than Well, yeah, they, they just, went yeah, they yeah, went yeah, yeah, yeah. they went even wimpier than it was before. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Cuz before when you had the girl in the ball gown and the jewels and the tits out, you needed strong graphic. You know what I mean? But they were like, "Oh, let's pare this down." The graphics that they put on top of that cover are so wimp. They wimped out. Well, they like, also, they and also, so it doesn't serve that image. Right, but they also changed editors. So and they, that, so that's what I'm saying. That mm-hmm. was definitely her choice mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, oh well, the picture is so strong. So it's like, no, that's not how it works. Yeah, she's an that's interest- not how a cover works. And you obviously don't know anything about covers. Well, and the other thing about it and is, and they don't care because it's like they already got all the press. They released it on social media. They got everybody talking about like, oh my God, it's different now. She's just in a white t-shirt. Like, okay, let's not forget Sharon Stone at the Academy Awards and her Gap t-shirt. But of course, everything's new. <laughs> they want to ask, like, everything's new. Of course. Um, that's amazing. But like, but that's they the could have had super modern, like something like really but of, that's not of what, now. But like, that's not what... No, that's I not know, what I know, are. I know, I know, I know. You know, and I would imagine that she's probably playing it close she's to the not vest. A, she's not a visual person. No, she's not. It was an interesting choice. Well, I think that it was a, I think it was a David Remnick choice, mm, you okay. know? Um, yeah. I, I did find it interesting that the, the they made the choice at the exact same time that um, Tina Brown's um, The Vanity Fair Chronicles book came out. Oh. And she, in oh, that book, talks about what went wrong with the original relaunch of, of Vanity Fair. Mm-hmm. And then she mm-hmm. was like, they hired the wrong editor. They hired this very bookish, which is, she basically described exactly who they chose to do it now. Mm-hmm. So I, I just find, I just feel like um, the New Yorker kingdom yeah. is now these, you know, the yeah. ultra intellectual, so yeah. it's wired. New Yorker, and now Vanity Fair is going to be like part of that grouping. Yeah, that's what it feels like to me. Yeah, you which know. means that it's it's for not most people. Let's put it that way. Right, it's not for everyone. Yeah. Well, it's even less less than that. But that's what, no. But my it's, joke is, yeah. is that's my joke with this. Not for everyone because there's, yeah. there's there's some there's another there's an online journal and their their well, motto it's is a, it's not for everyone. It's for you. So I was just like that is. Ours is the opposite of that. Well, it's, it's not also, for you. We're not personalizing it right. for you. Right. We're doing what we're doing. Mm-hmm. You're either going to like, it's going to turn you on in some way or it isn't, you know? And we're not mm-hmm. going to study you and mm-hmm. your data and your information mm-hmm. and then try to come mm-hmm. up with what we think you're going to like based on what oh, your yeah. gender is, where oh, you were yeah. born and where you went oh, to yeah. school and yeah, who yeah, you yeah. married. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I want everything. I, it should be a surprise. Well, I tell, I tell photographers when I talk to them because I work with photographers one-on-one now um, after being a photo editor for many years um, at, at every publication you could imagine. But I say, there, here it is. Do you want to be Walmart or do you want to be a specialty store? Because that's what it is. Do you want to appeal to everybody or do you want the people who get you to really, really get you? And love it. You know, because if you want to be like Walmart, great. You know, that's your choice. But ultimately, ugh. I mean, I know photographers who went in that direction and talk about how, oh my God, I just, I don't know what to do. It's not touching me anymore and I can't do And it's like, well, you chose that, you know? And if you had been doing your own stuff all along, that would be fine, but you gave it over to that idea that everybody should like it, which means it's as 
as sanitized as possible. Yeah. You know, and yeah. you're not in it anymore. Yeah. One as opposed the, to people who shoot and they're in their work. You can tell that. You don't even have to know them to know that it's a personal yeah. personal vision. One of the um, artists that we work with who's um, somebody from my past back in Paris, um, Matthias Rians McGrath, um, is... Uh, so we know each other from Paris days in the 90s and he did um, a magazine called Dutch. Oh, that sounds familiar. Yeah, it was so great. And it was funny yeah. because we, I mean, we've, we've done podcasts. We've talked about this a million times. But, um, you know, so I was at French Vogue and he was doing this sort of like indie, really creative, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? And we had like mm -hmm. a rope around our necks, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Even though we had the Yoji and the, all the stuff, but we had, you know, we, mm -hmm. okay, you understand. So mm -hmm. um, we've now come and since then, uh, he lives in L.A. and he, he does very sexy pictures. So he became very, very successful mm -hmm. as a celebrity photographer. And he's really, really good at it. And he makes it so hot and so sexy. And so, you know what I mean? He could do a, a cover of a magazine, even if it was like for Glamour magazine mm -hmm. uh, five years ago or something mm -hmm. like that, of in front of a white background, whatever. But he, he added that something, even though like it, you wouldn't really notice, but it was there, that something mm -hmm. else, you know? Um, and that's the key to being successful in that thing. So all these years later, I show him the culture crush, and then he's just like, "I'm not. Do I can't. I don't want to do that anymore." You know. And now he's like, and in fact, he's just about to, you know, he's he's picked up on all the things that he's always really loved to do. Mm -hmm. Like he always loved interiors. He always loved furniture. He likes to make things mm -hmm. with his hands. He did. Mm -hmm. So you know, next week he's actually opening up. I'm probably gonna cut this out of the thing, but he's actually opening. So the story that's in this issue, uh -huh. the Atelier MVM, with all uh -huh. those interiors and the guy with the plants and all. Did, did you see him? that story? I did. Yeah, you brought you brought the issues. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's actually opening a store uh, oh. next week in LA, oh, and cool. he's actually gonna go. You know what I mean? It was like, and it, it definitely like our collaborating again, like brought him back to like where he originally was, and mm -hmm. back to shooting mm -hmm. with like no post production and no fifty assistants and like right. all the right. bullshit that comes right. with the right. for the masses thing. Right, but that's you know? the thing when you you know if you if you're able to age in this world, you kind of do come full circle because you've spent your time doing things for other people, mm -hmm. no matter how well you did it. And if you could put a little bit of yourself in it, that was that's fantastic. But then you hit this point where it's like, why am I doing this? Life is too short. I'm not enjoying it. I want something that really comes from me. I know a lot of people in that kind of a situation. And it has to do with getting older. And it does have to do with where you came from and your reaction to the way the world is now. You know? I, I totally relate to that. I haven't found my place in that yet. Okay. All right. Yeah. So um, uh, let's, let, if we, um, I'll just going to turn this off in a second. So if we wrap this up. So um, it's, what, so what are you feeling in the air? I mean, I, I ran into you at Parsons mm -hmm. in Jeanette's zine making class. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. You know, what was that like working with those students? Like, let's bring it back to the zine stuff. Well, it was really cool, but I was so surprised at how constricted they were. Like, I kept saying to them, you know, you can do anything. You could tear your pictures up and put them there. You could, you know, you can do anything. And they were so constrained which was really shocking to me. And so I took one of the, one of the uh, students' work and I just, like I started to put things next to each other because I always have this kind of weird way of looking at which things. Which you can't do online. No, of course you can't. You can't do on a computer no, screen. No, yeah. But it was this weird pairing, or what he thought was a weird pairing, and he puts it up on the wall and he steps back and goes, oh my God, that's so great. And I said, that's what you do. Because you have the ability to do anything you want. Why would you do something that is just easy and simple? You know, you want something that's going to stand out. You want to challenge people so that they walk away going, huh, how do I feel about that? I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, even if because, it's a little clunky. No, because a couple of days down the line, they might just suddenly get that light bulb over their heads and it all makes sense. So, you know, I'm, I'm always of the idea that you want to challenge people's preconceived notions. I do that when I work with photographers. If I, if I edit and sequence their work, I give them the safe version. And then I give them my ideas of how it should be, which are always just like really off the wall. Right. 
Because that's how I see things. You know, I see connections between things that normally people wouldn't connect. Right. And then they make their choice. You know, do I want to go that way or do I want to go that way? But I just felt it was like they were more constrained than I expected. Um, they also, I don't know, you know, like, I guess coming from a do-it-yourself world, I always figure that, you know, like you've been doing things yourself. Um, not necessarily, no. you know, and that's a really weird thing to me. Like, like asking me, well, should I do this with the zine? It's like you can do anything you want. Yeah. Don't leave me. Don't make me the person who gives you that answer. Like, yeah, there's you know? a like there's a YouTube video you could look up of how to make a zine, and that's the only way to do it. That's the thing. Yeah, you know, they wanted me to tell them what to do, and I kept saying, I don't do that. You know, I don't want to do that. I'll give you one little idea here that I'm thinking of. How this and this that might not have any relationship to each other, if you stand back and look at it, you see there's a graphic thing that connects the two, or there's a, there's a negative spacing that connects the two. But there were several of them that just kept saying, can I do this? And it was like, you can do anything <laughs> How many times can I say that? Right. So that was a bit surprising to me. But I, you know, I teach over at SVA uh, in the month of June, and it's the same thing there. You know, you, I, for some reason, expect people to be way more open-minded and creative than they necessarily are. Um, I don't know what to really, I don't know why or well, whatever. Well, because I think we live in an age of, they're growing up in a place where you, you log on and then you're, you, they give you 10 suggested templates. Oh, and you're yeah. supposed to pick one. Yeah, they yeah, don't yeah. realize you can say, no, nah, I'm going to make my own template. I'm just going to start with the blank page and do that. It's like, yeah. you know what I mean? So it's like, you're right. you know, I guess it's up to us well, yeah. to pass this down. Well, it's like every article that comes across my Facebook feed. Five Otherwise, ways who, to do this. Gonna... Six things to eat. Yeah. Five things to say. Otherwise, you know? who are we going to collaborate yeah, yeah, with yeah, if yeah. we don't train them? That's true. Well, but, you have, the but the thing is, you have to find you have to find people who want that who because want you can't that, yeah. force that. You no. can't you can't open somebody's mind who isn't waiting to get their mind yeah. open. Now we were talking before you got here of uh, with the open submissions and you know even the way we do open submissions, it's like people pitch us an idea and I don't like that idea at all, but I could see something about them mm -hmm. that I think would be interesting, mm -hmm. and then uh, sometimes we get the answer back like, well, that's not how you do it. I'm like, okay, well, we're not working with them. Yeah, really, really. But the fact we're that you're here, work with the that fact person. that Kara's here, I mean, that shows that you're looking to expand your mind. Yeah, let's hope. All right. You know. Okay, so wait, let's we're gonna let's wrap this up. I um I I can't. I, I, this is like first of a billion conversations, um, and uh, I think that uh, you know I can't wait for us to work together on I'm everything so in the in the future. I'm so thrilled to meet you. Yeah. And I can't believe that you brought the Stellazines for us to look at, and um, this is just gonna be amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. So.